0: Every snap is an interview After the snap What a snap Hey, keep your mouth shut, 15 I lead by example With Blake and Reed Ferguson Discussing life in, out, and after football To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship uh, It couldn't be any better
1: Yeah! Well, you can take this ball out the real south under, But you can't take the real south out of my voice And now here we go again Twist a little bit Cause you got thick skin
0: after the Snap inaugural episode, my name is Blake Ferguson, I am the long snapper for the, for the, <laughs> I almost said Buffalo Bills, I am the long snapper for the Miami Dolphins, I am fired up to be here, I'm alongside my brother,
1: Reed Ferguson here, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, we're not editing that out because, uh, as always, we're living rent-free in your head. <laughs> And that won't change as far as I'm concerned. What
0: a start to our podcast. We had a week. We've been writing intros for a week. We've been practicing that so many times. (laughs) And that was what almost came out of my mouth.
1: Wow. Amazing. Oh, it did. Fired up to be here. Amazing. I'm fired up to be here.
0: Welcome to After the Snap. We are super excited to have you guys listening to the things that we have to say because we think that they're interesting and we hope that you do too. We are going to be covering a variety of different topics uh, from inside and outside of the locker room, different experiences that we had throughout our football careers, maybe just some cool interviews as well with some teammates and some friends of ours around the league. So Reed, tell the people how the podcast got started.
1: It kind of came to fruition, I'd say, rather quickly, You know, which which uh, probably a good thing, but uh, it was odd timing just because I, you know, two weeks ago, I just, well, I say I, we uh, had our first child. I'm glad that Erica's kind of cutting me some slack and letting me record tonight. But no, I mean, uh, our buddy Brett, he's a photographer uh, from PA, but he lives in Nashville. He's been traveling up to uh, shoot the Bills games for uh, various media outlets for a couple of years now. He, he approached, um, he, has been a good family friend for us for a couple of years now, but, uh, he approached me a couple of years ago, um, probably two years ago and just, uh, and was basically, we were running through some things like how to, how to kind of take advantage of, of the platform we have now and, and what kind of the best way to do that. Cause you know, a lot of guys are a lot of guy. I mean, you speaking for yourself, Blake, I mean, you are, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for you. You're pretty, uh, popular on TikTok a lot of guys are able to you know to run kind of the social media game as far as like twitter instagram to you know tiktok and, and youtube and streaming and stuff like that for uh video games and whatnot and, and take advantage of kind of the platform that they're given right now uh playing in the league and um you know i think uh we would have been remiss if uh you know, if we went our whole careers and, and didn't try to at least take advantage of, of the situation that we, were, that we were in and kind of give um, some people kind of some, some stories and some insight as to what we experienced, because uh, a lot of people, we both know a lot of people find that interesting. But, uh, yeah, so he, he kind of, you know, we, we, we talk, we've we been talking about it for a, a while, not, you know, not so much of a, of a podcast exactly, but, you know, vlogging uh, you know more social media stuff on Instagram and, and whatnot, but you know I, I I enjoy the the social media stuff. I enjoy you know building the brand that way. But I think um, over the past couple of years, I've I've really uh, dove into listening to a, a bunch of podcasts, and I kind of enjoy taking in content from that from from the audio uh, perspective rather than rather than scrolling on my phone. So you know that's that's kind of i think that was the initial basis for kind of how it got started and then you know a couple months ago when we kind of brought up the idea i think when y'all were up here for my birthday up here visiting in march i think we kind of kicked it off and we were like hey this could be something that's really easy to start up uh, relatively quickly you know i, f- I felt like we kind of had all the all the stops in place you know chris is helping produce it for us shout out, um, shout out you know, to our awesome producer
0: yeah. chris he's yeah. been unbelievable helping us throughout this whole process and hopefully he'll be drinking some beer with us later in the show
1: yeah and 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 we have to shout out his uh, his podcast obviously he produces for the rock Pile report uh, it's a bill's podcast him and drew gear uh, drew's the host they've been running that for probably five five years now give or take uh, a little bit and they're they're doing great over there great things over there so any bills fans uh, definitely tune into the rock pile report but yeah I mean yeah like like I said we 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 kind of had a had a little inkling of an idea about a month and a half ago and and uh, kind of here we are and and kudos to everybody that's kind of been on our side helping us build to where it is now I mean Brett Brett hit us up over the weekend and was like, Hey, I'm putting together this website for my buddy and he's got a printer machine. You know, I, I brought, I'm bringing some stickers up when I come up on Sunday to, to shoot newborn picks for your, for your new daughter. So some sticker, uh, just different some, things like that to kind of, kind of build the brand. 500 of them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's a little background for, uh, for, for those listening. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned it
0: a little bit. You and Erica just had your first baby girl. Congratulations to y'all. Your goddaughter. Um, My goddaughter, also my niece, um, officially Uncle Blake. I'm the coolest, most favoritist uncle by default. Um, Tell us what life is like as a dad, because I don't know. I can only tell you from the uncle perspective. That's right. Which I have to say is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, you know we're two weeks in. Yes, uh, I guess yesterday was two weeks. It's going great so far. I think um, you know testament to Erica, she's crushing it as a mom. Uh, she has she's the middle of of three. She's the middle of three um, three girls. Her older sister has uh, has one kid and one on the way, and younger sister has one as well. So she's she's got a lot of. Um, a lot of good support and a lot of good, you know, examples to, to pull from in terms of motherhood. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in between working out and then meetings right now, I'm trying to help out as much as I can. And I will say changing poopy diapers uh, hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be. But I guess after two weeks, it might get, who, who knows, it might get more tedious. I don't know. Wait till it starts running up her back. And then I get, no, we've already had one of those, but... <laughs> Chris, you maybe cut that out of there. <laughs> no, but it's it's uh all in all it's been great. You know, she's she she we're two yeah, two weeks in, thirteen days in, or no, fifteen days in, and um she slept like five hours last night. So Amazing. No no complaints from me. Amazing.
0: All right, so let's get into the real reason that the people are here. They're not here to listen to us talk about how we started a podcast or the fact that you're a dad. They're here to They are here to hear us talk about football, and that's honestly why we're here as well. So, um, with the draft coming up, we are super excited to see who uh, our teams draft. We're excited to see some of our friends from uh, the college football sphere be taken in the draft. Let's talk about training and uh, the kind of pre draft training process and what that's like. Um, I know for me it was a little bit different. We both trained in Atlanta. I think with us having different experiences with me doing it during COVID, uh, this is, I think, something that'll be interesting for the people to hear.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like you hit on it, it was, you know, I think both perspectives are different in their own ways. Uh, you know, I, I kind of took the, the typical approach back when I came out in uh, 2016. I went to, uh, I, I spent most of the days of my week I think, you know, it was four days a week, you know, we took Wednesday off, but I went to uh, Chip Smith, he was up in Norcross, Georgia, uh, I was the only snapper there, but I was able to work out with the linemen, but uh, but yeah, we you know, we'd, we'd go four days a week, you know, two upper days, two lower days, uh, we'd get a lot of field work, speed work, agility work, uh, car, a lot of cardio, and then, you know, hit some drill work, you know, but uh, you know as far as the training side goes, it was definitely grueling uh, because you you know that you know I don't know if a lot of people know realize it or not but when you're transitioning from the you know from your senior year or for those guys that come early come out early you're when you're transitioning you don't really have an off season until after uh, your first year playing in the league if, if you do make it so, you know, for example, yourself, like this this uh, spring of tw- of 2021 was really the first time that you were able to uh, probably decompress and kind of take some time off and enjoy yourself. Uh, because after that senior season ends, you know, you're, you know, if you're at the top of your position, you're kind of, you're fighting for uh senior bowl, um, you know, like, you know, you played in the senior bowl, I played in the NFLPA bowl. So, you know, you're fighting and training for a spot, you know, earning a spot in that all, all of your senior season. Uh, and then you you know you you go to wherever that game is you kind of hop back right into your training wherever your home base is uh, and you're really training up until uh, the draft really and, and kind of through the draft till you know where you're going. but all, you know also in there is is potentially scattered some private workouts and stuff. I had a couple um, I worked out you know I had, a, I had a handful with Denver Philly, Detroit, a couple teams that, I, that I'd worked out with coming out. But I know that you you kind of didn't get it was it was difficult for you to kind of have that same experience. But uh, I mean, we see where you ended up. I wasn't drafted, and you were. <laughs> yeah. So
0: for me, it was it was very different just because you know I went from playing all the way through mid January. Very fortunate, obviously, to to have played in the national championship. But because of that, you know, I I went from the national championship to Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl to. To I guess, four weeks of training. I had four weeks before I was at the, you know, running the 40 at the combine. And, um, so that you're, you're right. That time is, is very compressed and you have a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. You know, once, once the combine was over, you know, my, my day-to-day training looked a lot like yours did, you know, four days a week with mine were, mine were two a days. Yours were one, you were just there for a long period of time. Yep. You know where you do you do your agility work and you're you're running the five ten five and your L drill and you know you're working on the on the actual combine drills. you
1: Are extremely fast
0: forty times. Yes, blazing fast. I'm Honestly, I'm surprised I didn't win the Porsche, but I think I was I think I was second or third. I can't remember. You know, it's it was a little bit different going going from mid January ending your season and then all of a sudden boom you're at the you're at the combine and then right after that. Teams start calling and they want they want private workouts. I had one private workout with the New York football giants. I happened to be down in Baton Rouge uh, the week, literally the week following the combine. And their special teams coordinator hit me up and was like, hey, are you going to be, you know, are you going to be around in Baton Rouge for a workout? And I was like, actually, yes. Um, so we were able to do that. And then, boom, a week later, the world is shut down. And so private workouts were not a thing. The NFL took all the NFL scouts and the coaches and everybody off of, the, off of the trail. There were no, you know, nothing was in person. Everything was virtual. And so I was very fortunate to have been able to go to the Senior Bowl and to the Combine because that was my exposure to those coaches that I would not have gotten otherwise. And so it, was, it just looked a little bit different for me. Um, I did my pro day virtually. You remember, you remember filming that with me? (laughs) I do remember that. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was wild. We, we actually had to like,
1: dad broke out the old school camcorder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The camcorder running on, on the tripod. So we, we filmed that and we were actually had to do it like in a, in like a gym that was running, like they were like running their operation like as is. During COVID, when everything was shut down, so we had to like sneak in the back door, which, you know, looking back was probably not our wisest decision. But if it helped me get drafted, then I would do it over again for sure. But yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of how our uh, pre-draft processes worked. With the draft coming up, tell us about you know what your draft day looked like and and kind of how that works for long snappers because I think it's a little bit different than your average
1: yeah so uh you know basically you know like you like it di- like you said it's different for snappers basically because <laughs> the first two days are irrelevant um rounds one through three are based you know no, nobody nobody is, is is expecting you know power more power to you if you do get taken that early you know day three is really where it gets interesting from our perspective So You know Going into Going into that Saturday I knew The draft started I, I think it's The same now I, I don't pay attention uh, As much as I Did that year But I think uh, The draft Starts around 12 noon And goes Maybe till around 6pm uh, You know Once once we get to those Later rounds the, the, the picks The pick times Get shorter So it goes a lot faster Than the first couple rounds Do uh, but you know the the first uh, you know fourth fourth round went by uh, and we were kind of sitting there with with our whiteboard and we had each team you know I you know one thing that I will give to dad he was you know very he he, he definitely definitely not uh, not not overbearing but definitely super helpful from the standpoint of being prepared being prepared <laughs> And one Kevin, thing I thought Kevin was Ferguson,
0: huge. Kevin Ferguson has never been known for being ill-prepared. That's for that's sure. That's right.
1: So one thing I think that was huge for, for the both of us was basically we, we each had a whiteboard and we ranked uh, each team 1 to 32. Uh, and we, we kind of went off of four or five different factors, you know, How long the snapper had been there, you know, what kind of relationship did we have with the special teams coach or the GM or the scouts, whoever had kind of called us and reached out to us uh, over the draft, the pre-draft period, contract situation, uh, you know, performance based on how, you know, we thought they did. Uh, you know, during you know a film that we've watched, different things like that. We basically came up with a, li- a list, and and both of ours were obviously different because uh, we were four, four or five years apart. I had one, two, three. I think Dallas or not Dallas, uh, Denver, Philly, and Detroit were like my top three because I had private workouts with all three of those. I had, uh, you know, talked to their coaches the most. You know, you know, Detroit. You know, credit to Don Mobach. He's been there. I don't even know. Last time I checked, maybe 16 years. But you know, I, you know, you never know when when you when they're gonna when when guys are gonna get cut loose. And they actually, you know, Detroit ended up drafting a guy that year, and I don't believe that he ever played for him. So Don Don's still up there crushing it right now. Um, he's the old old man in the league right as, as it stands. But yeah, so so as as the day went on, uh, you know, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock rolls around. Uh, picks start going off the board and, um, you know, I, I got a call from Detroit, from Detroit special teams coach. I think it was maybe during the fifth round and he said, you know, we got a couple, two or three picks coming up. I'm fighting for you. Uh, just stay, you know, stay, uh, stay alert, stay on call, keep your phone on you. I was like, okay, you know, obviously super nervous. That gets your blood going a little bit, uh, gets the juices flowing. That's when your Apple. I, that's when your Apple Watch sends you a notification. Are you working out right now? Exactly. I was burning a lot of calories just sitting on the couch, but yeah. So, so their pick rolls around a, a couple of picks later, and you know I'm like, okay, it's it's maybe the beginning of the sixth round, and I'm thinking, okay, this might, you know, this might be it. They're coming up in two picks. You know, I'm waiting on a phone call, and you know they take another guy that that snapped in the Senior Bowl that year. And you know, I, I you know, I didn't feel you know it was n- no hard feelings because that's uh, that's that's part of the business that you know that you're getting yourself into. You have to understand that that sometimes things don't go your way, or how you know you, you can't try and you can't try and understand things because. And I told Blake this last year. There's 32 different ways of 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 thinking about any given situation, whether it's uh, free agency, the draft you know, who who to cut, you know, whatever it may be, playtime, et cetera. There's thirty-two different ways of thinking about it because there's thirty-two different teams and thirty-two different GMs. Um, so it's it's uh, you know, we we try to put together the best thought process that we could. And uh, you know, like I said, Detroit took their guy, you know, for the rest of the for the draft, we were kind of just sitting around, not didn't feel any didn't feel many calls, really just just in contact with our agent. You know, after the draft, Bruce calls me. uh, Basically, says, you know, Buffalo and Washington are calling. They both want to. They both want to bring you in. They basically said, you know, Buffalo is is offering a spot to compete all the way through training camp, and Washington just wanted me to bring just wanted to bring me in and have me compete in the rookie mini camp to see if they wanted to sign me to bring me through. You know, the rest of OTAs and 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 into training camp. It was kind, of, you know, it's you know, it's it was a weird situation, but uh, it kind of made it an easy decision because, uh, as we both know, you know, Bruce, our agent, the only other snapper that he represents besides uh, Blake and myself is at what he was at Washington at the time. I, I don't believe he's there anymore, uh, but he was there, so it kind of made it easy easy decision to go to go with Buffalo, and um, and, and compete for the spot up here. So. Uh, you know about 15 minutes after the draft we were getting we were a little pressed for time cuz right after the draft a lot a lot happens in in the in the next 20 minutes after that last pick is made and and sometimes uh, undrafted free agents are made are, are signed or are, are called and signed before the draft is even over if a team is out of is, it has had their last pick already um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, a widely known thing, but there's a lot of guys that are locked up into undrafted free agent spots before, uh, the, before the, the actual draft is even over. Uh, so it's, it was, it's a very hectic time. I'm sure anybody that's seen on, on the Buffalo side, anybody that's seen, um, kind of the, I guess it's a documentary or, or, uh, you know, the, the videos they shared maybe last year or two years ago, uh, kind of like inside the draft room and how, how that, how that process works. I think that's a pretty good insight as to how how things are going and how they how they get around to signing all of these undrafted guys because uh, every year a couple guys make it on each team. And even during COVID last year when we didn't have OTAs and we didn't have uh, the right training camp and everything like that and and guys weren't uh, able to get all of the coaching and development in the offseason and, and, and so on, there was still, still. I mean, the the numbers didn't change. Guys still made the team as undrafted free agents, even during COVID. You know, it, it's it's uh, it, you know, it's it happens every year. But but yeah, it's it's uh, that that's kind of a little background as to as to my day three of the draft uh, experience. But it's it's pretty crazy, and it's definitely something that uh, I will never forget because you know, obviously, you only go through it once, but super fortunate to go through it at all, really.
0: Yeah, and mine was a little bit different just because again, we were in the middle of a, a global pandemic and we couldn't have we couldn't really have a a party per se, couldn't have any, you know, guests at the house to to watch the draft with us. My my day started at 9 a.m., we were up and at him, getting everything set up. Whiteboard was was down there. Dad was over. You the- know we had to get Chick-fil-A catered. The Chick-fil-A tray was on the countertop at 9.30 a.m. We were fired up and ready to roll. And so dad was bringing over his, like, extra monitor. He was, like, full set up for draft day. I was like sitting on the couch, like waiting on my phone to ring at ten a.m. I was just like so locked in and and ready for it, ready for that phone call to come in. And and so when like you said, the draft starts at, at noon and the picks start going off the board, that's when, you know, your heart starts really, you know, racing and you're you're hanging on literally every pick. We had we actually had two two whiteboards set up for my draft day. One was One through thirty-two, my my list, which was number one was Dallas, Uh, number two was Detroit. Those were the two opportunities that I was like, okay, this is you know, I thought I thought I was going to be on on one of those two teams just from solely from the standpoint of both of their snappers are eighteen. I think I I I looked it up and Mulbach Mule is going into year number eighteen, and I think LP just finished his eight. 18th year in Dallas and so you know solely from the standpoint of of experience and tenure those guys seem like the obvious obvious ones that might they might be finding replacements for and then number three was Miami so and then which which is kind of funny because as we as we went through the process leading up to the draft my list kind of changed and that was somewhat because of of you Reed I mean you, you fought for Miami at number three. I hadn't, I think I had Miami at like eight and you, there were a couple of times where we sat down as a family going, you know, reevaluating the list based on calls and things that I had gotten, different meetings that I had had virtually. And you were like, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but I just feel like, you know, Miami is going to be, is going to be the number there. They, they should be higher on your list. And, you know, the reason that they weren't as necessarily as high on my list was because I had not really heard from them. I met with my current special teams coach, uh, Danny Crossman, at the Senior Bowl. He was my first Mm -hmm. interview that I had at the Senior Bowl. He was, you know, was the first person to come up to me as I walked in the door for for formal interviews. And, you know, I, I talked to him a little bit at the combine, but after that, I didn't really hear from him. Uh, I heard from, you know, Dallas, Detroit and then Tampa Bay quite a bit, you know, between in the time between the the combine and then and then draft day. Like I said, you you had them you you made me put them at number 3 and obviously that that worked
1: out, but um there is well, a- I told you to put him at 3 because Danny was my coach for 3 years. He he fought to bring me back in Buffalo after I was on uh you know that first season in 16. He was my coach coming out from the draft. Uh, he fought to bring me back on the practice squad that year, and then, you know, fought to bring me back uh, as as the as the as the starter in seventeen when when the guy the snapper before me got released. So yeah, uh, I knew you know I knew when he went down to Miami, and then I, I just knew is kind of too good not I don't know too good to be true, I guess that he. That they that they wouldn't take a chance on you, just because he, you know, we are so similar, you know, kind, you know, somewhat personality wise, but also, but we are very similar snappers on the field, you know, form technique plus coverage, all that kind of stuff. So I think he 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 knew Danny was very confident in what he was getting because he knew that I had trained you up for a lot, a long time, and he knew that he knew the product that he was getting. So I think that's why I was so confident that Miami should've, should 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 have been a little higher on your list, but yeah, continue. I think you know, f- for me, um,
0: it, it was kind of funny because as the as the draft day went on, we're sitting there and uh, my goal was to be one sixty five. My that was my number pick number one sixty five because I that was the highest once i think 166 was the highest that a snapper had ever been drafted and so for me i wanted to be i wanted to be the highest i wanted to be the best and um 165 came and went and then we get to pick like 181 or something like that and and one of my best friends kylie greathouse texts in a, in my group message and says he says dolphins at 185 question mark And I kid you not, I kid you not, 30 seconds later, my phone rings from a 954 Fort Lauderdale phone number and it's Chris Greer calling to draft me at pick number 185. And what's funny is we had in our group message, we had never, we hadn't talked about any other picks all day long. Like there were no like specifics that were mentioned previous to that. He just like threw that out there and was like, Hey, what do you think about, the Dolphins at 185, and sure enough, you know, I, I'm, I'm drafted by them less than five minutes later, but um, just kind of funny how things work sometimes. So, um, but yeah, our, our draft days were very different, but, you know, ended up working out for both of us, and as we go out, go through our podcast and, and kind of tell more stories, you guys will see how our experiences have been very similar, but also very different. So the draft kind of comes and goes. We make it through OTAs, the off-season program. We're in training camp. Rookie season is here. Reed, do you have any funny stories from your rookie year?
1: Actually, yeah, I've got one specific one that comes to mind, and and uh, our producer Chris will be. He has very fond memories of this uh, of this story as. As he could probably attest to, but uh, I, I just a little background. I lived, uh, Chris, and our family go way back. Uh, Chris is from uh, the Buffalo area, but moved to Atlanta uh, for a few years uh, when he was younger, and knew our family through through some of our neighbors, and uh, we kind of reconnected when I signed back up here in 2016. So. Uh, He reached out and said, you know, hey, if you ever need a place to stay uh, while you're, you know, while you're up here, just getting your feet on the ground, you know, you've definitely got somewhere to stay. So I hit him up. Uh, I lived with him for, I I don't know, Chris, about a year probably. Um, Yeah, you lived with me from uh, the end of that because you signed to the practice squad
0: through the rest of the season and then when you came back for OTAs.
1: Yeah. So uh, that That, uh, you know, I guess half a year, give or take, till that next season. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I I lived with Chris, you know, about, you know, almost a year, kind of into that next season. And before I uh, moved out and kind of got my own apartment uh, closer to the stadium over in OP, it was was the rookie's job or, you know, the youngest guy in the room and me being on the practice squad, uh, it was definitely my job. But on, on Thursdays, I had to pick up coffee and donuts for the crew. The crew being uh, special teams coach, uh, assistant special teams coaches, and all the specialists for our Thursday morning uh, film meeting. So one Thursday morning, I'm waking up, about to run. There was a Dunkin' down the street. Everybody loved Dunkin', and I was going to, you know, everybody loved Paul's Donuts. So they're right next to each other right there in West Seneca. So I was going to make my morning run, and uh, and and head to the facility for for some morning for a morning workout, and then hit the film session with the with the crew. Uh, on my way out, I forgot my car keys, and I locked the door behind me. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we were we were on the bot uh we were on the on the bottom floor so uh you know it was it was seven a.m. or you know ish maybe six thirty, uh I didn't I, I can't remember what time it was in the morning but, you know I the last thing I want to do is wake up the people that were living above us so genius Reed what did genius Reed do what did genius Reed do he kicked the door in. I thought I was I was so I sat there in the in the driveway next to my car and I, and I thought I contemplated I, I thought of every single thing I was calling Chris. Chris got up super early he goes he went to work at like 5 am you know back back when I was living with him. so he was already at work like 30 minutes away. There was no way he was getting back in time for me to get my keys, make it to coffee and donuts and get to the facility on time to make workouts that morning. So I had to figure out another way. I, kid, I I I kid you not. It took like 3 kicks, 3 stomps on the door handle. There it goes. I'm I'm back into the apartment. And I'm like ho- I I'm like holy I don't even know. I it's really an indescribable feeling cuz cuz there's no rational person that would just do that. I'm that's something you see in movies. I'm imagining, right? I'm imagining like you don't neighbor, see normal people do that.
0: I'm imagining your neighbor, like across the street, walking their dog
1: and being like, "Well, I mean, well, okay." So, background, it was it was an interior door to the apartment that we were in. It was not the exterior door, so that's what I'm saying. It would be it would have been way louder for the people upstairs to hear. Me kicking this door in three or four times at seven a.m. in the morning. Anyway, kicked the door in, got my keys. I mean, I was for anybody that knows me, knows that I have an irrational fear of being late to anything. I think that's a Ferguson. I, I think that's a Ferguson that, trait. Probably definitely a Ferguson trait. But I that like being late to that meeting and not having coffee and donuts. I probably would have been back on my couch the next week unemployed that just to give you like a little, it also, uh, it also
0: would have cost you some money.
1: Definitely. Just to give the, the listeners a little background on, on the pressure that I was under to get my car keys so I could get, get, you know, get coffee and donuts and get to the facility on time. But uh, I mean, I, obviously I felt super bad and I was, you know, I, I offered to pay for the door the the, the landlord was super cool about it. He came, I think Chris, I think he came to fix it the same day. Yeah, he might have, he might have came and fixed it the same day. But, uh,
0: you know, I I was lobbying for a whole door replacement to be like an actual front door to like a house and not just like a plain white door, like one with like a, a glass, you know, a glass in the middle. Yeah. But no, he, he fixed it the same day because you crack that door. Like the, the, if I split you open the, the door, I,
1: may, I split the, um, the frame. Yeah. If you, I mean, open not the on door, purpose.
0: If you open the door and look at the, like, the actual frame where the door closes and locks, it is cracked there. Yeah. And he had to get, like, a gold plate. To this, to to this to day, put it's still the, cracked, uh, correct? Correct?
1: Yes. Yes. I offered to pay. He wouldn't let me pay. So I'll, I'll have to true up with that guy someday, but. Uh, but yeah so that's that's the um so so long story short kicked the door in got my keys shut it as good as i could i think i there were two entrances i think i propped something up against the door so that nobody could get in that door if something happened uh and i went out the other door to just for security reasons I, it probably wouldn't have worked in the first you know if something had well, clearly, it doesn't matter if something's propped up or not. Any old Joe can just go kick the door down They're in kicks. three or four tries. Is that a test? Right. Is that
0: a testament to your kicking strength, or is that a testament to the? Uh, I don't know. Integrity I, of I've the door. I've never kicked frame.
1: anybody. Uh, how would I? I have no idea. I've never. was the first time, first and only time I'll ever kick a door down, and hopefully never have to do it again. Uh, but yeah, that was that's my. Uh, so I got the coffee donuts, got to the facility on time. Apologized many, many times to Chris and his landlord, and uh, yeah, that's 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 my uh, that's the rookie story that will stick out in my brain for years and years.
0: There goes Chris's uh, security deposit. Just for reference, Reed, tell the people how much that would have cost you versus the two hundred dollars it would have taken to fix the door. What's the what was what was the fine no, at that yeah. time? What was the fine at that time for being late or missing a meeting?
1: Yeah, so if my if my uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I think the door. I don't even know if the landlord was being, uh, you know, straight with me or not. I think he it, it cost him a couple hundred bucks, but uh, to fix it. But I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure the fine was upwards of maybe seven k. Uh, if you're late to a meeting, um, thankfully, with my rational fear of being late to things, I'm never late to meetings. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's uh, I, I'm pretty sure it would have cost me around seven G's, uh, which, you know, at that time as a practice squad guy was probably not in my best interest. That's
0: like your entire week's like check. That like that yeah, that's, been...
1: a, that's a couple, that's... I think, back back in 2016. I think it's yeah, gone up right. now. But... Right you know, five, five years ago, it was, that was seven uh, K would have done some damage. All right. So we're going to move on into a little segment that we like to call short snaps and short snaps will be, you know, any, any current headlines we feel uh, worthy of our opinion or uh, coverage from the after the snap podcast. Uh, and on the docket this week, we, uh, it was brought to our attention. I think somebody, I had, I had, a, I had, actually, a ton of people send this to me and tag me in it and whatnot I'm sure Blake you did too yeah um, yeah you but what was it was it <laughs> yeah I think I sent it to <laughs> you called was me it out on Washington Twitter. state
0: was it Washington state I believe it was Washington I think state. in their
1: spring game they had they they uh, they decided not to do a coin toss for for you know for the opening kickoff and instead they had a snap off amazing. And basically, the snappers—it was basically—it looked like a wild, wild west, where the snappers line up face to face at the at midfield, and they walked out with uh, 15 yards a piece, maybe, wow. uh, and basically snapped it to each other upside down, and the first one to hit the other one with a snap uh, wins the coin toss and gets and gets and got to choose. So, uh, I thought it was extremely interesting. Uh, And something that I definitely um, hope that someday in the future that the NFL implements. But, you know, I think that I think the snapper, I can't remember which team he was on, but uh, the guy that won hit the other snapper on the first try. So I think at least if that kid is not the starter, he should be the starter now because that's that's some talent. What, I don't know, what what give me your give me your thoughts. I think
0: yeah, I think so too. And honestly, that's something that I would have expected in the Mike Leach era because of just how wild and crazy he is. But I'm I'm that's all great f- point. I'm all for it. I love it. It's it's amazing. And it, it sheds light on how cool and how different our position is and just the unique nature of what we do. And it also, I believe was actually like a thirty yard snap because they both walked That's what I thought. They it was walked.
1: fifteen yards each way. Yeah.
0: So they're snapping like thirty yards. And this guy smoked the other long snapper from thirty yards, like sniped him. And so I I mean it's I don't know, you know, it, it would probably take a, a day's worth of practice each week to prepare for that if we were going to implement that in the NFL. Like how do you practice for a 30-yard snap like in the Wild West, you know, with your with your boots and spurs and your your holster on your hip, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I think my strategy would be to have the footballs, you know, next to me, and I would just stay bent over like in my snapping position because that way I'm a smaller target for the other person.
1: The first thing that came to my mind was uh, was will Farrell in elf when he's got the, the sweatshirt full of snowballs and he's just firing 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 one after the other, ding 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 doom. and so you so you don't you don't even let the other kid, you know the other guy, the other snapper um, even get a snap off before you you know you've fired, Three or four back at him, so it's like the nerdy
0: kid in dodgeball that just like sits in the back and collect, <laughs> collects all the dodgeballs. That's exactly and then that's just me. and then that's just that's sits me. around, doesn't get hit, and then has all the has all the ammo for the end of the game.
1: Yep, you don't have to be really good at pelting people in dodgeball. You just got to be good at, good at catching the throws at you. You Can't lose if you don't get hit, right? I yep. Mean, but uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting, and I know you know I, we definitely had to had to hit on this topic just because so many people, I think, uh, was it barstool that originally posted it? Yeah. I think it was one of the the
0: barstool podcast accounts. I don't think it was their
1: main, but, uh, you know, there's, that was, uh, crazy and something that could easily be implemented in spring games all around the country. And I'm going to be in our guys ear down at LSU. Uh, definitely for next year. I know they've already played, but, um, to see if see if we can get that rolling but I think coach, but yeah think, pretty cool thing like you said to shine shine the light on the uniqueness of the position a little bit and it gets it, i mean it gets, how much, it gets more intense was, how much more intense was that than watching a ref flip a coin
0: right i think coach o might if you if you know i think if you if you hit them up at lsu i think coach o might not go for the long snapping thing he might go for like an oklahoma drill to like be no doubt to like be whoever wins snappers in the
1: snappers in the Oklahoma drill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not his, not his D lineman. No, no snappers. Yeah. It gets the people going for sure. All right. I think it's time to drink some beer. This segment is going to be a recurring segment that will be each week on our pod. It's going to be called bros in brews on this podcast. We are big fans of craft brews. We do not drink light domestic beers. We are not for those. That is for a um, different NFL podcast that you guys can go find elsewhere. On this podcast, we drink IPAs and other fun brews. The good stuff. The good stuff. And so um, there are several local breweries around both of our cities that we live in respectfully we are going to be showing off those breweries and talking about their beers and telling people how good they are so that people can go and experience it for themselves because there are some really cool um options around the miami area as well as the uh western new york area buffalo rochester some cool some cool spots so Let's get going, shall we? Let's do a little let's let's roll can crack. So, Reed, which brewery are you featuring today?
1: I will be featuring a personal favorite, First Line Brewing, right here in Orchard Park. Uh, they they started last year, uh, Shane and Mikey, two great dudes um, that... that uh, Started kind of for, you know, really from the ground up. Two local guys. I am, I am, uh, tonight I've got what they call First Lime, uh, and it is a Pilsner. Um, it was re, it was, it was, it was rebranded, uh, because they did uh, the same beer, but it was green tinted, uh, for um, St. Paddy's Day, but now they are just selling it on tap. As first lime, I know that it's it's been doing very well since they have reopened recently. But uh, yeah, fir- first line brewing, they do a great job. They they uh, you know very very patriotic uh, brand. You know stand for a lot of the values that that you know that we that we like to associate ourselves with uh, as well. So uh, good dudes over there. Uh, happy to be, you know, good friends with them. They, they, uh, they were kind enough to work with Erica and yourself in setting up uh, a surprise birthday for me, for me uh, a few weeks ago, and even uh, created a beer after me, as 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 some listeners might have seen on social media. There's a uh, there's also a Mister Nice beer named after, kind of created after after me and my favorite flavors. So. Uh, we'll be uh, reviewing that one in in a future week to come. But uh, today, I'm uh, like I said, I'm doing first lime. Uh, it's a pilsner. Uh, it's it's not a light, but it's uh, it's just it's a good summer drink. It kind of tastes like um, it, a better version of a Corona with a lime in it. Just a good summer beer. That's that's uh, that's what I got on 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 the docket tonight.
0: Love it. And I will attest to. Uh, those guys at First Line, they are top-notch people. They, like you said, uphold uh, the values that we also like to uphold. Big shout-out to our first responders, police officers, firefighters, um, the military that protects us and keeps us safe. So uh, that's that's kind of what they are based, based around, and that's kind of their, their theme that they have for their brewery. Love First Line Brewing. The brewery that I'm featuring this week and the beer that I'm featuring this week is is a brewery called Biscayne Bay Brewing. Uh, they are out of downtown Miami, about as far south as you can go in uh, Florida. They're literally like on the tip. And the beer that I am featuring is Tropical Bay IPA, very South Beach kind of look to their can. It's a fruit kind of a fruity, hoppy IPA, um, just fresh and, and good to drink in warm weather. That's kind of what they like to do with their brews because it's so hot down in South Florida that most of the time when you're drinking their beer, you're either at a Marlin's game or you're sitting by the pool or you're sitting at the beach. And so that's how they craft their beer is is to to provide good product that you can drink outside. Uh, or in a tap room You know And so This is one of my This is one of my favorites And um, I've gotten to know The the folks over at Biscayne Bay Pretty well They They've been open since 2012 So they've been around A little bit longer than First line And they're actually the uh, Official craft beer of the Marlins And they're also the official Independent brewery of uh, The Miami Heat And so they've They've done very well. They're growing tremendously. And um, they're actually building a new tap room downtown. It's going to be in like this old, cool old building. They're kind of repurposing the building and uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. And so they are slowly taking over the state of Florida, moving up through Fort Lauderdale. And I think they're actually thinking about moving, moving up to Jacksonville as well. So um a, it's a great beer and on the can it says sit back and relax so how can you you know how can you say no to that um, I believe that wraps it up for this debut episode of after the snap do you have anything else that you want to share with the
1: people No I think the last thing um, I mean I, I'm interested where where are you gonna be? Watching the draft this uh, come you know come Thursday through the weekend. You got anywhere special maybe for the first round? It's coming up quick, isn't it?
0: Three days. It is. I can't believe it. And when this releases, it will be draft like the first day of the draft. So um, yep. I will be probably watching it. Uh, Mom's going to be in town. Mom is mom is going to be doing some work in Orlando and Tampa tomorrow and Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And she's coming down Wednesday evening, and we'll be here Thursday. So we may go watch it, watch the first round somewhere, and if not, then we'll just be watching it here in the here in the crib with Jasper, the uh, second official mascot of the podcast, because Blakely is our first official mascot of our podcast.
1: Yeah. So that's gonna- for anybody for the listeners that don't know, Blakely is the name of my daughter.
0: Yes. And I have just named her the official mascot of our podcast, and so I think Lovely.
1: I think we need to get an we'll have al- to get her permission on that. We need to
0: get an alternate logo of just her on our podcast, like our podcast logo. It's just Blakely, like wearing some dolphins gear.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Where are you going to be watching the draft? I think I I might be watching it first line. Um, they're open on on uh, on Thursdays through the weekends now, so uh, you know the the Bills, you know, we pick late this year. Uh, I don't know where the Dolphins are picking, but it's a good uh, problem, good problem you know, to have. Good problem to have. So we, uh, I think the pick will be pretty late. So I may uh, I may just go hang out for a little bit, maybe just to watch the first couple picks, maybe the top ten. And then, uh, probably, probably come home and, and hang out and help out, uh, with, with the newborn, uh, just cause, you know, uh, you know, hashtag dad life. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, I think we're, I can speak for, uh, both fan bases. I think we're, you know, we're uh, excited to see kind of what direction we go, uh, to, to kick it off on Thursday. So, uh, but yeah it was uh yeah yeah it'll it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun a lot of fun Thursday and th- through the weekend too
0: the dolphins have pick number 6 and pick number 18 so we will be picking pretty high and i'm excited to see who we take cuz there's a lot of good a lot of good options for for that pick and then obviously uh, as you move down what pick do you guys have for the first round
1: Uh, 30, I believe.
0: Okay. So you're literally like one of the last picks.
1: That's what happens when you make it as far as we did.
0: I'll just leave that one there. No problem. I'll just leave that one No
1: problem. All right. So I think that concludes our pilot episode for After the Snap. Uh, Blake, do you want to maybe share with the listeners where they can find us on uh, any social pages?
0: Yes. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you consume your podcasts, find us there, subscribe, listen to us weekly. We will be releasing on Thursdays each week and you can find us also on Instagram and Twitter at after the snap pod. Once again, that's at after the snap pod. We try to be as active as we can through our social medias for the short snaps segments. We'd love to hear different things that you would like to hear. Shoot us a message, shoot us a tweet, tell us what you want to hear on after this on, after the snap, uh, short snap segment. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of wraps that up.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, and, and uh, just to add on, you can also uh, go like our channel on YouTube. We have uh, after the snap podcast, uh, YouTube channel there is uh, currently uh, nothing on there at the moment but there will be we will be uploading uh, some some content onto the YouTube page uh, soon uh, after we kind of get get our get get the ball rolling with the podcast. but uh, last but not least, uh, if you'd be so kind as to uh, give us a, a five star rating on Apple podcasts that would be lovely. Uh, once we get rolling, like I said, we will be uh, reading off some of the fun reviews. Uh, so, uh, if you'd like your name called and your review read on air uh, while we are recording, uh, we would love to hear from you, from any of the listeners. Um, if you have any any kind words or or any uh, constructive criticism for us, we'd love to hear you uh, hear your input. So. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, It's been a pleasure. We will catch you next Thursday on After the Snap.
0: Tales from two brothers who live life upside down.